You're listening to E-Commerce Marketing School presented by Privy. And a big thank you to our co-sponsors of the show, Suna and Hashtag Paid. For too long, the process of finding the right influencer for your brand has been endless, mindless, soul-crushing scrolling. And then once you find the one, they don't even move the needle. Well, Hashtag Paid is putting an end to all of that. They're the first matchmaking tool for brands and creators. With Hashtag Paid, the process is three incredibly simple steps. Build your campaign, pick from 10 creators, hit the launch button, and bask in success. Hashtag Paid is basically a dating service for brands and influencers. Instead of dinner and overpriced drinks, you'll get ROI and a partner your audience trusts. Check them out at the link in the show notes. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Today, I'm here with Andrew Math, founder of Blue Tusker. They're a full-service agency for D2C brands. I've been thinking a lot about omnichannel and the need for brands to be selling everywhere right now. And of course, more Amazon brands are starting to go direct and more D2C brands are starting to sell through Amazon. I feel like four years ago, that would have been like cheating on your spouse. Uh, But uh, (laughs) now it's kind of a necessity. So I thought it'd be fun to bring Andrew on uh, to chat a little bit about how to leverage Amazon, but also how to diversify off of Amazon. So Andrew, awesome having you on the show. Yeah, appreciate you having me. Looking forward to it. Yeah, so let's start with Blue Tusker. What are you all up to over there? What aren't we up to? So we are a full-service digital marketing company for e-commerce sellers. We tend to focus on the omni-channel strategy. So while we do work with a lot of people that are on Amazon, we're also Shopify partners, and we do a lot with like Big Commerce, Magento, and all that fun stuff. We also do Walmart. And basically, our focus is helping sellers diversify into as many marketplaces wherever their customers are, basically. Nice. Now, I know we said we were going to talk about Amazon, but since you just mentioned Walmart, can you just give me a feel for like, <laughs> what, you I know, like <laughs> you, you hate it. Oh, okay. It's such a pain. It's slow growth, but I'm definitely seeing it happen. Like there are some Amazon sellers who do pretty well on Walmart. And actually, you know, it's not comparable. Like I wouldn't call it 50-50, but it does a little bit more than keep the lights on. They're, you know, we're pretty much solely focused on an advertising perspective. So, you know, optimizing the listings, all that stuff, super easy. The advertising, though, which is where, you know, a lot of the magic happens after time goes on. It's just so clunky and it's kind of a pain to use, but they release new features every now and then. But it's not too bad. Okay, so it's a little early in terms of the advertising platform, but you are seeing revenue growth for Mm -hmm. the brands that you're working with. Is there a certain type of brand that makes sense for them to expand into Walmart? Like, can anyone just do it? Yeah, pretty much. The only thing I've kind of started to realize is it's definitely a race to the bottom for everyone. So if you're a inexpensive quality product, you'll do well. But if you're developing a brand and you're a little bit more high end Walmart, like it's kind of hit or miss. At that point, it's almost better to, if you want to put your product up there, maybe run some like branded ads so that people can find you really easy when they search for you. But then outside of that, I wouldn't do anything else. Okay, cool. All right. Well, that was a bit of a distraction, but it's helpful because I (laughs) actually haven't talked to anyone about Walmart. So, okay, cool. And so in terms of just back to Blue Tusker for a sec. So like, those are the services, Omnichannel. What's the perfect brand stage or type that you guys are working with? Most of the sellers we work with have pretty much proven out one or more sales channels. So whether it's Amazon and now they're ready to kind of go into Shopify or maybe they're on Shopify and they're ready to go to Amazon or one of those, but they've pretty much proven out the model at this point. 
they've started to develop a brand or looking to develop a brand. One of the things we always talk about is sometimes we'll end up, you know, talking to someone and they want to get off Amazon just because they're struggling with Amazon. And it's kind of hard to explain how complicated that move can sometimes be because the big benefit of Amazon is you're leveraging that pre-existing audience and you just run some ads and all of a sudden you start, you know, selling some product. Whereas on Shopify, you got to build your own website. You have to start developing a brand and community. You have to kind of start to really put a business plan into place. And sometimes when we have that conversation and people are like, I don't know if I want to do that. That's usually when I'm like, okay, if you just want to drive traffic to Amazon, that's a different story. You can just run some ads and send them to the storefront or something like that. So usually they're trying to take their business to the next level. Yeah. Let's dive into that scenario, right? Mm -hmm. You started your business by tapping into the Amazon demand. You're selling some product. You're scaling it nicely. Still outside of Amazon, people probably don't know you. Is that Mm -hmm. safe to assume? And yeah. And now like you're thinking, oh, should we expand off of Amazon as a way to grow our revenue and build a real brand? Like what, A, what are the steps? You talked about some, but B, when does that actually make sense? I usually, like one of the things we work with countless seven figure sellers who do great on Amazon and think like, all right, let's just build a site and we're going to do great there. And it does not work that way. Like so many times they'll be like, I don't get it. Why are we only doing like a couple thousand dollars a month? Because you're on a completely new level here. When it's time to do it kind of comes down to you've gotten Amazon pretty mapped out. But one of the things I always talk to sellers about is especially if you're looking to get acquired, right? Like one day you're looking to sell selling your Amazon business doesn't get you as high of a multiple as you would like if you're solely on Amazon. But if you've built a brand, you've built a community, you've built a nice size email list or a good size social media following, not only are they buying the product assets and the revenue from you, but they're buying this list and this community that they can now reach out to. So all of a sudden your multiple gets significantly larger. So if you're looking to get to that point, Maybe you've saved up enough from your Amazon business that you now have the capital to invest in this next step. That's usually when it's a good time to do it. But if you're like, oh, we're doing, I don't know, let's say five or six figures a month, maybe not six, but like five figures a month ish or less on Amazon, you might want to like sit tight for a little while and then consider doing it or just know it or you have capital to go into it. One of the things I try to talk to you about, so the steps, right? So If you're trying to bootstrap and you want to try to find a way to try and do this yourself, usually what I suggest is let's say you've come up with a product, you're going to launch it on Amazon and you're going to start running some ads. You're going to do what you can to prove out the model. So to me, Amazon, if you want to build a business that you're, you know, one day looking to sell or, or some or grow to a significant size. Amazon's fantastic for market research Hmm. because you can launch a product relatively uh, easily at a relatively low cost. You can start running ads and immediately find out if people are going to be interested. Then you start getting reviews. You start getting a little bit of feedback. You start to understand. Now you can go, okay, how do I expand from here? You can either go deeper into Amazon, maybe expand the product line a little bit, but you're going to want to get your brand registry so that your next step is to get your Amazon storefront. So now what you want to do is you start running sponsored brand ads to the storefront to see if you can get people to convert on the store. Because now if you can get them to convert on the store, all you have to do is now you start sending traffic from off Amazon to the storefront because you've proven that the storefront will convert. 
now you can start to see, can I get other traffic from other sources besides just Amazon to convert on this storefront? Once they do that, now you've started to prove that out. Now you consider building out your own website. This is where it gets interesting because every time I bring this stuff up, Amazon sellers are like, I'm never doing that. But essentially it's adding a button to your product pages that are available on Amazon, available on Walmart, eBay, Wayfair, wherever you're available, and also having your buy now button. And what you do is you've proven that you're driving traffic to the storefront and it'll sell. Now pivot that traffic and send it to your own website. Make sure it's optimized, looks as good as possible. I always suggest adding as many different bells and whistles and pop-ups and upsells and all that fun stuff to make sure that you're enticing the user to purchase on the website. But give them these options to let them shop where they're most comfortable. Because if, even if you've built a great brand on Amazon, no one off Amazon knows who you are. Even if your little tiny brand name is on the product page or something like that, like they're not really gonna know. So by doing this, you're now testing the website that you've built. And if you start to, you can put tracking codes in all those buttons and understand like, okay, I'm getting X amount of traffic to my Amazon. I'm getting X amount of traffic to Walmart. You can start to understand that the traffic I'm driving is going there. They are interested. And so once you start to see like, okay, I'm getting X amount of sales, I'm getting X amount of traffic over to my marketplaces. You can make a judgment on what you think that conversion rate is based on the traffic you're driving. So, okay, I drove 10,000 clicks to my Amazon storefront. My storefront has a 10% conversion rate. I can assume I got X amount of orders. So then you go, okay, let's see what happens. Take the buttons away. Now, once you took those buttons away, you've now proven out if they're going to start converting on there, it's doing well. If they're not, you got to figure out why, put those buttons back, hmm. get back to what you were getting before. I always try to look at top line stuff, right? So everyone's always looking at like, how much did I spend on my Facebook ads and what did I get on Facebook? How much did I spend on Google and what did I get on Google? Everything is so fluid now. And because of the iOS changes and all that fun stuff, it's impossible to figure out attribution, especially when you're going to different marketplaces because they keep all their data. So if you can actually look at, okay, I'm spending X a month and my business as a whole across all my channels is making Y. Now, if I increase my spend by 10%, I want to know that my business made 10% more across everything. It, looking at it as a siloed, like solely my Shopify or solely my Amazon or solely my Walmart, is difficult because people like to do their research and sometimes people are more comfortable. I figured this out years ago, back when you and I met, actually, I used to do this stuff in like 2017-ish. And my thought or my the way I figured it out was I actually watched my wife shop <laughs> and she would be scrolling through Amazon. She'd find something cool. It'd have some decent reviews, but she'd be kind of skeptical. So she would actually leave Amazon and start Googling it or look into their Instagram to see if they had, if they were like a legit brand. And so if they were, she would shop on Amazon, she'd buy it from them. Or if she ended up to someone else's site and they were like, I've never heard of this and they don't have that many reviews, she would leave there and see if they're available on Amazon to check out their reviews. So because she was all over the place, I realized that there's a lot of users out there that are just doing their due diligence to see how good this brand is because there's so many places they can be. So I figure why not treat your website like just one central hub for your product? and then let them shop where they're most comfortable. I try to keep them on your own site because you get to keep the data and all that fun stuff, but, and you get, your margins aren't as bad, but outside of that, that's my approach. No, I, I like <laughs> it. And look, I can relate. I mean, I've gone both ways, right? Like 
Sometimes I find something on Amazon and I'm curious to check them out and buy direct. Other times I, I'm on a site or I hear about someone through an Instagram and I look on Amazon and, you know, I think mm-hmm. that's just like the place we've landed in the world and in consumer behavior. And so I think that's actually a fascinating experiment to start by including a buy with prime button on the site, just linking back to the, the Amazon. I do have a yeah, question so for you, though. That was just released. It's still not even available yet. So that's now um, the buy with prime button. Amazon announced that they were testing it, I want to say like three weeks ago as of this recording, uh, maybe about a month or two ago. But basically what it is, is it's a JavaScript code that Amazon's now providing you to put on your D2C site to link over to Amazon. So they know that this works. Of course, Amazon also wants to drive as much traffic to Amazon as they possibly can. And I like the idea for easing into it. But if you want to kind of build your own brand, you want to keep your data and all that fun stuff, obviously... I'm not a huge fan of it, but to kind of test that beginning stages, I think it's a great approach to let the user be as comfortable as possible. Yeah. I mean, I think I remember when they announced that it actually came up on the Shopify quarterly earnings call. One of the analysts asked Toby about it and Toby responded and he seemed excited about it. Right. I think like at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, it's about more transactions for the merchant is better for anyone. But there was a little bit of feathers that got ruffled on that because Shopify doesn't end up owning the data or the transaction. So I think it's fascinating, though, because, you know, I know that like Shopify put out some data around express purchase buttons, right? Or, or, you know, express Mm -hmm. checkout, right? Like adding shop pay, adding PayPal, adding Apple pay, like these things increase conversion, right? And so at the end of the day, that's what it's about. So I'm surprised that some of the brands you work with reacted negatively to the the test that you were suggesting there. Usually the biggest reason I, I get is like why they don't want to do it is A, it's going to dig into their margin. Why would I spend all that money driving into my site and then just let them leave? But it's also most of the time, the reason people want to diversify is because they've been burnt by Amazon. Right. And they just don't want to keep helping Amazon. So when they come to me and I go, hey, we're going to keep helping them for a little while. They're going to be like, no, I came to you because I don't want to. And it becomes a deeper conversation. But there's been way too many times I've worked with someone who was solely on Amazon. And then, in fact, there was a seller I worked with, eight-figure business, solely on Amazon, killing it. Credit card was about to expire, so he switched his card. That was it. Nothing crazy. Amazon flagged it as fraudulent and shut his store down for two weeks before he could get it back up. So... It's stuff like that where I'm like, how can you rely on something so buggy for your own business and not be in as many places as you can just to at least keep the lights on when stuff like that happens? Yeah. So look, I think really good tips there on how to start on Amazon and then when to think about scaling off. What about the other way around? You know, like you said, a lot of your clients come to you with a a successful channel looking to expand Mm -hmm. to others. I presume a bunch of them start off direct to consumer and then want to dip their toe in Amazon. Like, when do you think that works and when's the right time to think about it? I love doing that when they've started to develop a really good size list because Amazon, you can get some decent sales from Amazon relatively organically and not be so reliant on paid advertising. If you can just get some decent sales in the beginning and Mm. start that snowball effect and get some reviews... So if you decide, actually, we worked with uh, this brand called Good Idea. They sell, um, 
it's like a how do I explain it? It's like a healthy seltzer essentially, but there's a bunch of like nutrients and stuff, and it's the easiest way for me to explain it. But they had a they did a great job D to C, and then they're like, all right, we have a couple flavors that do well regardless. We feel like we should put it on Amazon, see what happens. And what I thought was like, well, why don't we put it on Amazon and then just do a big announcement to our list that it's now available on Amazon and incentivize them to go do it. You know, we can send them there and be like, go try it on Amazon. Here's a coupon code solely for our list, which Amazon is also releasing something similar to that now. But now you're just starting that snowball effect. Then all you have to do on Amazon is if you built a big enough brand is to basically just run brand defense ads, right? So you're just running ads with your own brand name. You don't really have to go after anything cold and that way no competitors get in your way. And all you have to do is use like a Helium 10 or a Jungle Scout or something like that to see if your brand is already getting search mm. on Amazon. And if it is, there's no reason you shouldn't be on Amazon because it's, even if you don't want to run ads, at least you're up there and you're keeping your share from instead of it going to a competitor or something. I love that. Um, yeah. So that tends to be the best approach. Yeah. Meeting demand where it already exists. If you're a, a DTC brand, I think that's a great way to think mm -hmm. about it and explore. Also love the idea of using your list for a few reasons, right? One, you can instantly drive transactions, which presumably helps your Amazon listing. Uh, you could instantly drive reviews, right? I assume mm -hmm. by giving them an offer. So there's a lot of like organic benefits to having a successful business and brand and customer list outside when you already launch on Amazon. Yeah. But I mean, that's one way, or it sounds like it's also pretty simple still to tap into the existing demand if you've got a product and you can keep it in stock by just launching on Amazon. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think really, really good stuff, Andrew. I appreciate the thoughts on Omnichannel and also on Walmart. It's cool to, to get the early <laughs> look and uh, appreciate you coming on the show. No problem. Appreciate you having me.